Alrighty, we're back with another episode of Behind the Vinyl here on Pirate Rock and uh, everywhere else, Spotify and um, wherever else you can find uh, Acast, Acast, wherever else you can find iTunes podcasts. Yes, absolutely, all um, the places. Having a having a nice run of eighties esque uh, albums recently, and we're going to continue that flow. And this week we're going to talk about. The, the band, some of you might not actually know yeah. much about this band, Cinderella. Yeah. Um, and uh, their their debut album, Night Songs. Yes. Um, great album. Once again, I think it was my buddy. I had this buddy of mine who he always got the latest records. Um, I guess his parents bought them for him back when, when we were teenagers. But he really had a... Um, he had an ear for a lot of really cool music, and he picked up on on night songs somewhere. I guess he saw a video or something, um, and um, he used to play that album a lot. Still, my favorite Cinderella album, I think. It still is. Yeah, I know you don't agree. Uh, well, well, it's I, <laughs> no, it's not. My, mine is their second album, Long Cold Winter. I just mm. think was was amazing. Um, it is, and. I was into them then, so Long Cold Winter was kind of when I was kind of starting to, well, actually at the end of Night Songs is when I was kind of starting right, yeah. to peak. Yeah. So around the release of Long Cold Winter. So I was kind of like a first day buyer of Long Cold Winter. Right, yeah, yeah. And that, that always has a little bit of a special Of course, feeling. absolutely, um, absolutely. You know, probably discovering Night Songs after it was released via MTV yeah. video clips and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, Long Cold Winter is a lot more bluesier, a lot, it is. Um, a lot more organic. And this is a little bit polished. This is this is very, very eighties, very eighties looking. Very, <laughs> it very, is very pink looking. Uh, <laughs> it is pink and purple looking. <laughs> very much so. Something I think that probably annoys them a little bit: the fact that there was so much focus on on what they were wearing because they were a really like bluesy band rather than the hand metal band yes they, they yeah i think they they kind of more um, i think they more found their sound on long cold winter <laughs> and then later on heartbreak heartbreak station yeah uh then that first first album night songs even yeah. though it's a great album it's it's funny when you when you split genre or when you genreify bands mm. like the new wave of british heavy metal for instance yep um Putting Iron Maiden and Saxon yeah. and Diamond Head and all that together—they're yeah. actually very different. Oh, sure, bands. sure, yeah. yeah. Um, or hair metal, putting Cinderella, Motley Crue, Guns N' Roses, right? Um, together, extremely different. And grunge, putting Soundgarden, Alice in Chains, and Nirvana, very much so. Um, and Pearl Jam, yeah, all all together. But all, it all gets lumped together because I, I think it's easier for people to categorize. And, or as long as it, it came out, those albums came out around the same time, then let's put them in the same category, yeah. whatever they played. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, comparing like um, uh, Cinderella's first album, Night Songs, to uh, Poison's Look What the Cat Dragged In. I mean, Cinderella had a more... They sounded more uh, serious in a way, and and they were like the music. It wasn't dark, but it had a. I guess it was that bluesier thing to it. Yeah. Compared to Poison, which is just like teeny bop, whatever. Exactly neon. To, to me, 
poison poison if you're looking at colours, yeah. poison is just fucking <laughs> yeah. if for colours, poison is just a yeah. fucking uh, I, uh, someone's vomited neon true, colors. Yeah. It's just true, true. You know, a massive poisonous yeah, thing. It is. But there's a couple of songs that are very poisonous in this album for me. Oh, there are? When, okay. when I listen to them, I kind of hear a little bit of. Okay, yeah, like, maybe. A little poison in yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. Could be. Yeah. Are, you, are, you, are you doubting that? <laughs> Do I sense a little bit of doubt in your. Yeah, I don't really. Uh, maybe, maybe in 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 some of the songs, but yeah, I some, mean, some of the deep cuts. Yeah, I just like look at poison as a whole different entity. Yeah, um, like maybe Helen Wheels or Push Push or Back Home Again. Yeah, sure. Know, yeah, those kind of songs. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I guess. I guess there's a bit of that. <clears throat> I don't think there was a whole. A lot more talent in Cinderella than there's a, there's a lot more talent, but again, I don't mind. Look what the cat dragged in. No, I, I love that stuff. It's a monster yeah, album. It's one of the good, most guitar heavy. It is it out is. of this CC Deville. Yeah, out Pick of it, surprisingly, yeah. CC Deville delivered one of the yeah, one of the, a very guitar driven album. Oh, sure, that's sure. right. Sure, sure. Um, but uh, let's start it off by the opening song and the title track. Mm. Uh, Night Songs, which is um, which is which is a great opener. It's a great yeah. little song. It works. think about when I think about Cinderella is um, this come out roughly at the same time that um, Vanilla Ice did Ice Ice Baby right <clears throat> and he famously famous, fam, famously sampled uh, Queen right Under Pressure um, yeah. Under Pressure and I can remember an interview probably an MTV interview where Tom Keeper and uh, and one of the other guys uh, okay. talking about it and, and Tom Keeper's got a little bit of a squeaky gravelly voice when, yeah. he, when he sings yeah. he's got a very deep monotone yeah. voice yeah. when he talks he does. <clears throat> and him him sitting there and it was he was all kind of glammed up <laughs> and he, him saying that if uh, if he ever catches vanilla rice you know using some of his music he's going to kick his ass yeah of course <clears throat> and I just thought it was uh, it's kind of like a little bit of a parody of the 80s it's something yeah. Oh yeah, something now I could see. Um, Steel Panther. Oh sure. You know, yes. Doing a of- yes. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. But um, yeah, also I mean they 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 came from Philadelphia. Yep. Um, and uh, famously discovered by John Bon Jovi. Okay. Um, um, bon Jovi. They were in town recording. Um, you say seven thousand eight hundred or seventy eight hundred? I say seventy eight hundred degrees. Seventy eight hundred Fahrenheit. Yeah, um, which is a great record. It really is. Yeah, it I really like is it much better than the, than the debut, which we. Discussed. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 
But they were in town uh, recording that one, and um, John Bon Jovi goes to the, I believe it was the Empire Club, where he, um, and, and, and uh, Tom Kiefer, I've interviewed him once, and he also said, that, yeah, that this was pre-John Bon Jovi, when John Bon Jovi became huge, because it's pre-Slippery and Wet. So right. it was just like another guy. Uh, he saw what he liked, and apparently, Derek Schulman, uh, I can't remember what record company it is, but um, he already had a demo from Cinderella and it had been in his office for like six months. Um, then John Bon Jovi talks to Derek Schulman and says, you got to check this band out. Uh, have you heard of Cinderella? And he says, yeah, matter of fact, I have. I have their demo tape. And he didn't really like it. And they say, you have to see him live. <coughs> then they go see him live. Um, and I think he wasn't really thrilled, but they got a six-month development deal, and um, and he wanted them to write more songs. And um, and Tom said that from from that six-month development deal, they probably just got two songs that ended up on the album that they didn't have before. Right. And that was uh, nothing for nothing, and uh, once uh, around the ride. And right. all the other songs they had, they had all those singles already. Right. And so, and that, that uh, got them the record deal. And um, that's interesting. A, a record that's gone on to sell in excess of 3 million copies. Yeah. Yeah. But again, they were on MTV as well uh, with those singles they released. Absolutely. Um, and uh, I remember them being pushed hard and you read about them in, in I guess you probably read about them more in Circus, Hit Parader, Faces Magazine, those American yeah. magazines. Cause I don't think Cinderella really didn't really take off over here as well. I have no idea about Australia. I have no idea. They toured here for that first album. Right, yeah. In 87. Yeah, they, they, I never saw them. No. They never Me toured neither. over there? No. Um, I don't think they were big. I don't know why I found them. No. I think for some reason I just found them. Yeah. Because... Because it's very hit and miss sometimes. Yeah. Why certain bands oh, break sure. in certain territories and, yeah, they, yeah. and they don't yeah. in others. Yeah, yeah. Still to this day, yeah. you know, sometimes we will release a record which will be massive here. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> which, which not too far away, France, you know, or or even the UK. Yeah. Or, or even Norway, or Denmark. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. work. No. Um, other times, I can barely sell a record of something that is is massive. You know, in in Strange. Denmark or in, in Germany. Yeah, um, I think when they played her as well, I think like a lot of those bands, um, they played the UK. Yes, and that was it. Yeah, that, that was Europe for them. Well, um, I, I think the UK was the. It still is to a point now, but not as much because of the because of the internet these days. But back then, UK was the the global. Yeah. Um, Forefront for the media, right, sure. for the rock sure. media. It's yeah. where the enemy, Melody Maker, Kerrang, and all that. Kerrang, before Kerrang sounds. Yep. Um, yep. And, and then moving on, Metal Hammer. Oh, yeah. Classic sure. Rock Magazine. Sure. 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 Uh, so it's always been the epicenter of, of press, yep. especially back in the day. Yep. And that's why they'd have a band like uh, Guns N' Roses. Right, yeah. And they would send them over here. Yeah. Send exactly. them over there. I'll likewise send Kerrang over. Sure. Because a simple review or a simple feature of a band on the could road do wonders. Could do wonders. Yeah. Could, could make or break. Yeah. It, was, it was the equivalent, I think, of um, maybe to a lesser degree, 
of MTV. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Now, you could have a shitty band with a shitty record. Yeah. Except one song that was co-written by yeah. Desmond Child. <laughs> exactly. And you've got a multi-million selling yeah. record yeah. on your hands. Yeah. Britney Fox being sure. a perfect example. Sure. You know? Sure. Sure. Um, Britney Fox sold millions of records. Yeah. Via, you know, Girls School or whatever that song was called on uh, Girls School. It is on on MTV. Yeah. Funny story about Britney Fox. Since I recently did an interview with Hammerfall. Where they right. mentioned that they were sitting in this diner in the middle of the night in the U.S. and when they were out on tour with Death, oh, right. yeah. 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 And Richard, the drummer, had apparently gotten one of these one-dollar cassettes. Richard Christie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he was of, to the Howard Stern show. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, of uh, crazy. Exactly. Of of uh, Britney Fox's first album, the debut album. And they're at this diner, and this uh, waitress asks them if they're in a band. And someone says Britney Fox, and then she asks, "Well, do you have any music out?" And someone goes goes and get that that cassette, and she loves it, and they all sign it. And I think it was Hammerfall, or Hammerfall and Death. I think Hammerfall and Death signed it, and 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 I think Oscar said that I can't remember who who became who because we were more than five people, and and I think or more than I think there were four people in Britney Fox, whatever it was, but they all signed it. And they were all giving names by, I guess, Richard, who knew Britney Fox. And the waitress was, she was delighted. I love it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> love it. But back to Cinderella. Uh, Andy Johns produced it. Legendary. Legendary. Andy Johns is, is, is a legend. He's worked with everyone. Yeah. You know, the, the Rushes, the Sabbaths. Yes. Tim Lizzie. Yep. Kiss. Yep. Bon Jovi. Yep. The, uh, and I spent a bit of time with him. Oh, you did? When, yeah. Yeah, yeah. When he was in recording LA Guns for us. Right, yeah, yeah, so yeah. I flew into LA and, and went into the studio. He's the weirdest fucker I've ever met. Oh, okay. He was so off this planet. Right. Because he's dead, right? He's dead now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he, was a, he, was a, he was a good guy. Yeah. But he was just like, he, he left me thinking... Um, I, I'm comfortable. And, okay. Uh, I'm gonna get out of here. All oh, right. Like, wow. Yeah, he's just he was just too weird. Okay. So interesting. Um, yeah. <laughs> but but it, but absolutely genius. I can't remember what he was talking. About. I think he was talking about like Martians and okay. space invaders and right. they come to get us and <laughs> like that kind of shit. And I'm just like, okay, you know, I love your work, but. <laughs> You can't have more of these conversations. I uh, do. Jesus. <clears throat> yeah. He also did uh, autographs loud and clear. He did indeed. <laughs> he, he's done a lot of things. Yeah, he absolutely. I think he did TNT. Yeah, probably did. Um, yeah. I think he did he do Slippery one more? No, no, no. Slippery is, is that's Bruce Fairman. But did he engineer it or did he? Um, no, the engineer was Bob Rock, wasn't it? Oh, right. Yeah. 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 No, but he's been around. Absolutely. He, oh, he did, uh, didn't he do, he did, um, is it from Lawful Carnal Knowledge, Van Halen? Wasn't that with Andy Johns? Could have been. I think so, because Alex Van Halen always wanted to work with uh, Andy, Andy Johns, Johns, and then yeah. finally got to do it. Yeah, I think so. I think that's the one. I think it can do with it. Yeah, but there's a lot of cool people on there. Uh, yeah, Jeff Paris plays keyboards on the album, and Jeff Paris, uh, I know he, uh, he's got an album where Paul Stanley's on that album, I think. And he uh, he worked with Lita Ford. He wrote uh, "Gotta Let Go," one of my favorite Lita Ford songs. Right. Ryan T and a whole bunch of other people. 
Um, and Fred Curry, who, who, who later on became, after this album, uh, he became the uh, drummer for Cinderella, but he doesn't play in the album. Uh, on the album is a guy called Jody Cortez, who played with Stone Fury and later on played with David Crosby and Phil Collins and so on. Uh, interesting. Yeah. Yes, and apparently on a uh, few early copies of the album, <laughs> Jody Cortez is on the back cover. The picture there. Yeah. Okay. Um, Fred and Curry then, is, is one of the, supposedly one of the nicest men, I've never met him, but one of the nicest men in, in music. Yeah, and, and he uh, just recently played with uh, John Five and uh, Michael Anthony Michael and Anthony. Corey Taylor. Exactly, um, yeah. And um, yeah, then you have John Bon Jovi doing background vocals on Nothing From Nothing and In From The Outside. Um, and one thing I didn't know was that Tony Mills, who, um, who was the lead singer for I guess he's most known for Shy, right. band I never got into, but they were kind of hyped up in Kerrang, as I remember it. Uh, he's now got terminal cancer. Um, so he's releasing one final album now, I think. Oh, but he's right. doing background vocals on this album. And then you have Bill Matson doing background vocals on the song Shake Me. And he was in the band Tangier. Okay. Yep. There you go. There you go. A world of knowledge. <laughs> Very much so. Nerd level. Sticking with that, let's hear uh, Shake Me. Let's hear his yes. contribution. was the first song I heard. Uh, yeah, first song, first single taken yeah. from the record. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, not the first song on the record. My song's been the first song on the record, but that yep. was the first single. Yeah. Um, yeah, their introduction into the world of, you know, or, or their introduction to a lot of, for a lot of people. Yeah. Into, into Cinderella. Yeah. But yeah, Tom Kiefer had a bit of a, because um, he had a, he, he has a mouth as well, but he was, Kind of resembled Steven Tyler in a way. Absolutely. A lot of scarves and stuff, and you know. Yeah, yeah. And that big mouth as well. Big mouth. Big Jagger style. He used to wear his hair a little bit too at one yeah. stage. Maybe on Long Cold Winter. Might have been, yeah. More so when it yeah. was down. Yeah. There was a lot, yeah. of, uh, a lot of the ozone layer was destroyed <laughs> thanks to these boys alone. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's for sure. That's for sure. And apparently, Snake uh, Sabo, Sabo, uh, Skid Row, auditioned for the band before the guitar player Jeff Labar. Got the job. That's quite interesting. I, yeah. I didn't know that actually. No. And and you just often wonder you wonder how these people come in contact with it. With, with yeah, because Snake right? by then, I mean <clears throat> at, at this time, he must have been in New Jersey, I guess. Well he grew up in New Jersey. Right. And he grew up next to John Bon Jovi. Right. And he had he was playing well he played on Runaway. Yeah, yeah. With yeah. John Bon Jovi. Yeah. So I'm wondering whether the John Bon Jovi connection here had anything to do with might be yeah yeah maybe or was it the snake connection which told John Bon Jovi hey go check out this band might have been you know where's the connection there yeah but it's very incestuous you know how does Madame X find Sebastian Bach up in Canada you know that's a weird one exactly how does how does well we 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 did uh, Pearl Jam once so we found out how you know Pearl Jam in in Seattle found 
Eddie Vedder in San Diego. In San Diego. Yeah. Um, but Especially back then when it was just like phones and, you know. Exactly, exactly. Writing letters. But, you, but, you know, it's the same thing with, um, it, it's easy to say now, you've got the biggest, the drummer in the biggest band in the world, Metallica. Yeah. You know. Um, oh, sure. Being Lars Ulrich. Sure, but, sure. But back when he was nothing, he was just a little yeah. pimply kid yeah. who didn't do anything. Yeah. He was on tour with Motorhead. Yeah. Yeah. He was on tour and living in the house. Yeah. With, Diamondhead with, guys. With, with Diamondhead. Yeah. You know, just because he flew over from America. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's, a, a lot can be said, you know, it's, Absolutely, the fate kind of steps in and and yeah. kind of guides you a little bit. Um, yeah, I guess. Um, and, and then you know, like um, Eddie Vedder and and Brad Wilkes yeah. from Race Against the Machine, sure. being roommates, yeah. or Andrew Wood and and uh, Chris Cornell, Chris Cornell, yeah. or Tom Morello and um, and um, uh, two guitarists, Adam Jones, Adam Jones, yeah, yeah, you know, being roommates, yeah, <laughs> yeah, which is weird. It's just crazy. Yeah. Plus, I remember. I think. I think like there's like pictures of Cinderella that they like early pictures where they had more of that poison kind of look. Absolutely. I think Tom Kiefer was blonde, actually. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. And then I also think there's a they did um they did a funny commercial for is it a hot dog a hot dog vendor or something like that? I think it's on YouTube. Right. Like early on, around this time, they did that commercial, uh, which is pretty funny. Well, I'm going to check that out. I, yeah. I think, I I think it's on YouTube. I've seen it on YouTube. Right. Hope it's still there. Yeah. I also mentioned earlier that they, they, they played Stockholm uh, on this tour. Uh, I think it was them, or if they were opening up for someone, but they played Stockholm. I believe it was at Face of Right. And Paul Stanley and Gene Simmons, they were in town doing promo for Crazy Nights, I believe. And um, Paul Stanley uh, got up on stage with Cinderella and they did Jumping Jack Flash. And I, I asked Tom about this and he was just like, was, did you know he was coming? No, it was just like, you know, back in those days, someone showed up, you know, you, you were in the same town. And, you know, and uh, he's just like, yeah, so he just got up and we played a song and that was it. <coughs> and that happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sure. It happens. Sure. I can remember like sitting in the car with an artist and just driving into town and right. hey anyone flying in town oh okay <laughs> and um yeah actually like actually Alter Boogie right yeah, and, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah 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 and and the artist being slash yeah saying, yeah you want to go check it out <laughs> yeah let's do it yeah no warning beforehand no no rocking up there nothing pre-planned no in, in, in fact and he and they said hey you want to get up and jam so they yeah. got up and jammed a song right. obviously he just done some stuff with Miles yeah yeah, yeah yeah you know so there was a there was a connection there that's pretty cool. Um, it was really cool. Got up and played on, on Tremonti's guitar. Yeah. Um, it's pretty cool for the audience because that's like a bonus <laughs> thing you didn't expect. It's, you know? it's, it's super cool for yeah. me. You know, that's that's happened. On, I just had another one in my head that that happened as well. Oh, okay. Um, but it's, and here's another one now. All right. Like getting a phone call from, from Slash again. Right. Saying, hey, where are you? Yeah. I'm like, I'm with... with Knowing, like, knowing who I was roughly with. Yeah. I'm, I'm with the, the Halston guys. Yeah. And you want to see if Lizzie wants to come and, you know, <laughs> yeah. do a song with us. Yeah. And literally, already, you know, like, hey guys, let's go straight to the venue now. Right. And they just cool. ran through a song once. We're good. Yep. Yeah. Later on that night, got up and played it. That's nice. So it just, it, it does happen. Yeah, actually. sure. This, this stuff does happen. Sure. It's pretty cool. Yeah. I can remember being at, um, uh, it's still after when they 
pulling the medals. Yeah, yeah. And um, and pulling people up and pulling up all the men up. Oh, right, yeah. And, and nailing shouted with that. Oh, yeah, yeah. So good. Oh, yeah. And, oh, yeah. And then I think I've told the story yeah. and then they tried to get her, her husband at the time. Yeah. I can't remember his name, Derek from um, some Oh, some for one, yeah, yeah. And he wouldn't get up on stage. Right. And they just ridiculed him <laughs> so much and had the crowd <laughs> booing him and, and well, standing that he sucks. And, that's tough. Yeah. That's tough. But so I can understand why Kiss would do that. Yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely. A really cool thing. I think around this time as well, um, guys remember there was, the, there was, um, if it was 87 or 88, there was a Texas jam, uh, which was a big thing in the US. Right. I think like 80,000 people and a lot, I think Aerosmith plays on and Poison yep. played. Yep. And I remember Paul Stanley getting up and doing something with Poison. Oh, really? Just like, yeah, just like that as well. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I think he was in some kind of, I don't know, Something going on there. Right, yeah, yeah. Charity Jean, I guess. Possibly. <laughs> Have you heard the audio in uh, in his book when he does the audio? Paul? Yeah, you can check it out on YouTube. No, oh, no. Is it good? <laughs> you this, fall asleep? <laughs> no, there's, there's a section where he talks specifically about his, his, his kiss family. Oh, okay. <laughs> which is basically straight out of the book right know? yeah yeah but it's just yeah. different hearing it come oh right yeah I gotta check that out <laughs> hey this album went on to sell over um, 15 million records are you kidding that's what they reckon wow 15 million records this band yeah, yeah. okay okay and to me there's only really two and a half records of any recognition yeah um, and I would have thought this one, Night Songs, would have been bigger than Long Cold Winter, but maybe not. But um, yeah, Night that's hard Songs, to tell. Long Cold Winter, and then um, Heartbreak, Heartbreak Station. Station. Yeah. Okay, which which I don't think sold very much. And no. Then there was a dribble and drab afterwards, but um, yeah, um, I actually saw them because they did some kind of reunion tour like five or six years ago. Yeah. Where they actually played? Yeah, they played Cluedo at first. And yeah, it was a really good show. It yeah. was a really, really good show. And recently, Tom Kiefer has been saying that um, there's not going to be anything, and you know, he's, he's, I don't know, he's, he's out doing his stuff. Yeah. Uh, and he, we mentioned Hailstorm. He's really good friends with um, the Hailstorm guys. Barbecue together and stuff like that. Barbecue <laughs> together and, and Lizzie and Joe get up and, and yeah. sing and play with him and yeah. he's around. 
Um, I remember them saying that it doesn't matter how hot <clears throat> it is outside, Tom Kiefer is always wearing like a leather jacket or something. Pretty cool. <laughs> he, he had some voice troubles recently. Yeah, right? some serious voice troubles, like uh, back in the nineties, I believe, yeah. where he was he was really. Uh, it was touch and go. It, it, it was. He was absolutely yes, yes, yes. yes. Yeah. But uh, he managed to pull through. I think he did some surgeries and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and again, also with with, with Lisi, apparently he, uh, Tom Kiefer, I still don't know what it is, but he gave her something. That he's wearing on the Night Songs album cover. Yeah, it says that, that it's a pin, but a pin for me is like a badge, isn't it? Yeah, that's that's what I thought. Yeah, yeah, but it's something he's wearing, uh, and he gave it to Lizzie. And, and um, but didn't didn't Lizzie did Lizzie ask? Hey, is there something you want? And didn't, did she say? No, no, I, I think he just gave it to her. He just gave that. Yeah, right up. yeah, and she, I, I understood it that she was a. She was a big fan of She's Tom Kiefer, yeah, yeah, and yeah. Uh, and of Cinderella, yeah. and, and uh, they played together many times. And I understand he's a really nice guy. Yes, yeah. absolutely, yeah, yeah, hell yeah. And also, I mean, they were ah, uh, they were included as well when they did the uh, the Moscow Peace Festival in '89. Absolutely, Cinderella, Cinderella right there, yeah. yeah. Um, bon Jovi, Motley Crue, Ozzy Osbourne, yes, with, with Zach Wild on guitar, Scorpions, yes, yeah, Cinderella. Yeah, Gorky Park. Yeah, Gorky Park. And um, which were which were a Russian heavy metal band. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Skid, 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 Skid Row. Yeah, and that's probably yeah, yeah, that's yeah. probably all. Yeah. That's a good company. <coughs> that's a great company. Yeah, that's a great company. Anyone so, who hasn't seen that, they should check out the Moscow Peace Festival home video thing. Yeah, you know, I'm sure you can find it on on YouTube. Oh yeah, it, it's it's there. Yeah, and again. I think we, we we mentioned that before, but that those were all were they all Doc McGee's bands? Was that a reason for for him picking the bands? Um, because he had Motley Crue, right? And he had he, he Bon Jovi. Had, he had Motley Crue. He had Bon Jovi. He had Skid Row. Skid Row. Right? Yeah. Um, he he didn't have Ozzy. No, he did not. That's and, true. And, I, That's and true. he wouldn't have had Scorpions because no. Scorpions have always had yep. the same guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Cinderella, I just actually don't know. No, I don't know. But that was that was the just the, thinking of the, the Bon Jovi connection. And yeah, exactly, exactly. <clears throat> well, that was that was the reason why the the, the end of Motley Crue. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, come about. Yep. Um, was that very show actually? Yeah. Obviously, it, it built up to that, but it was that very show. Yep. And the use of pyro. So yeah, yeah. And Bon Jovi. That's where it goes. Yeah. And and um, you you hear the rumors about the the drugs and the alcohol. It was a, it was an anti drug and alcohol yeah. show over there in Russia. Yeah, and you hear the stories about that plane flight yeah. over there and back. Exactly, just absolutely <laughs> mayhem, mayhem. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Where it goes, where it goes. Alrighty, um, let's let's end it there. Let's finish by playing um, somebody save me. Um, another great song of yes. uh, of the album, yes. Cinderella. Nice songs. Check it out. Check it out along with um, follow up album, Long Cold Winter as well. Oh yeah, um, really, really good albums. Really good. And records. they, as as I think we mentioned as well, that they kind of they stand out as well. If you if you lump them all together with the uh, the LA bands in that era, and that Cinderella really have their own sound. Which I, as I said, a bit darker. Yeah. Looser, um, bit different than all the others, I think. Yeah, maybe maybe pigeonholed of of 
night songs a little bit yeah with the hair and yeah. the makeup and yeah. the, what yeah. they had to dress but yeah. they really weren't that kind of band as much as a lot of the other no ones. no no <clears throat> Tom Keeper also got some yeah some solo records out yeah. as well which yeah. are really good yeah is that all we can say? It is. True. Until next week, Nicholas. Yes. Good seeing you, man. Yeah. Talk you too. Soon.